Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Sydney Coach Replay Show. I'm your host, Corey Camp, and today I'm really excited, like beyond excited, you guys, for Kelly Garris to join us. Kelly, I think I've had you on my list to have on the show for a while, and the stars haven't aligned, but <laughs> you're here. I'm yeah. so excited. Me too. So yeah. So let me tell the folks a little bit about you. You are one of our elite team members on our virtual coaching team. You're one of our lead coaches. And in addition to coaching for Sydney, you are also a faculty member at a local community college in Michigan, just next door to me here in Ohio. And you spend a lot of your free time with your four and a half year old daughter and soon to be two year old son, Jackson. So what fun ages. Welcome to the show, Kelly. Thank you so much for having me today. Yeah, I'm super excited. And, and I'm really excited about this topic that you've chosen for today, which is um, we're talking about time management and self-care, um, specifically some strategies and practices that can be used by teachers in the current COVID crisis. Right now, many of us as coaches are are supporting teachers in this kind of mental health and uh, time management arena. So I love that. I love that that's our topic for today. I feel like it's really timely. So um, let's start out by, I'd love for you to share a little bit of why you chose the topic for time management and self-care. Great question. Um, it, I have to be a little selfish in saying that I have a little personal reason simply because I know I've experienced some um, challenges um, with the recent pandemic. It's not even recent anymore. It's been a couple of months, but I know, <laughs> uh, you know, it's, I can't You're even too say long. Long. Um, but I, I, I was struggling with that, but also when I was working with coaches and I, I, excuse me, when I was working with um, my, my Sydney teachers, um, especially right at the onset, I was still working with some and the amount of pressure, the amount of anxiety, the amount of stress um, overwhelmed them, but also overwhelmed me. It was a lot to handle. It was very heavy. And I think that even with the summer and us coming into a new fall, it still feels heavy. Um, we don't have all of the answers um, and we may not have all the answers ever. And um, I don't know the expression, but it has to do with, you know, building, building the ship as your, your, you know, or the plane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that expression really comes to mind because teachers are so resilient and so, um, so able to do everything. I feel like we should break into I'm every woman or I'm every man because we can do it all as teachers. Um, but we have to acknowledge that self-care has to happen in this remote COVID environment or else we're going to burn out and, and it's not gonna look good for our teaching. It's not gonna look good for our families and it's it's not gonna be good for us. So I came with all of this, all of these thoughts together and, and pulled some of my thoughts together, did a little bit of research and I wanted to share with educators and, and everybody um, some tips and tricks that I've started using and that others have used that I thought would be really helpful. Yeah. And I think you're absolutely right in regards to, you know, we say this kind of new normal, it feels like it's, it is the normal and there's no old normal we may go back to. It's no matter what, we're going to come out this looking different and hopefully we will be better for it, but it's just downright exhausting. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I remember 
and I think I was talking with TJ in, in a, one of our earlier episodes this season about this. It was thinking of that in March, we just, we're just at home for a month or so. We'll let this virus pass. Just like when we closed down school for the flu and then we come back in and we're good to go. And then it was okay. Well, maybe we'll be back in May and get to say goodbye to all of our students and our peers and, and we'll be good to go. And then now it was, if we can just make it to the fall and here we are still very much like it's just a part of our the fabric of what we do right now. Um, and it's not fun and it doesn't seem to fit together very well, but it is what it is. This year I'm doing online learning with my kids, not homeschooling, it's through the school, but I chose the online option mainly for my sanity. Um, I can't be, are we in school next week or out school next week or any of those things? I just need to- And think about our educators too that are you know, asked to do a remote piece and a hybrid piece, and then the hybrid piece might go away. And then the, and I mean, that kind of trans, uh, that kind of, those kind of transitions that are just, you know, staccato almost, and just, are you, we doing this? Are we not doing this? What are we doing? What port, you know, it's, it's a lot. And I just, not to be on a soapbox about it, but we have to practice self-care. And one of the things that we can do with self-care is really focus on time management and taking care of ourselves. I don't, I think us as caretakers, and I really do lump teachers in the caretaker category, we we oftentimes put out the advice, you should really take care of yourself. You should really get some sleep. You should, you know, you really need to, when you're sick, you should stay home. But but aside, COVID aside, do we actually practice what, what we're actually preaching and saying here? And, and I think many teachers will say, because they're so worried about their students, they're so worried about being behind um, in curriculum, and, and they, they love their students and their, their staff and the, and the faculty there so much that they, they don't want to walk away. And so I really think we need to take a moment in this environment um, to, to, uh, firm up some boundaries and, and have those kind of discussions with ourselves and, and with our families, if we do live with some and, and really start laying a foundation of self-care. Yeah. 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 Oh, I love that. Um, so let's start with, what are you noticing about educators working in this environment? You mentioned this environment and I know we're going to get to a few of the tips, but what are some of the big things you've been noticing? Um, when I coach individuals, um, I've had, especially early on in, in March when things were real chaotic and, and even now, just an immediate breaking down. Just uh, it, because I, I think as coaches, we know that we we build a strong rapport with these individuals and um, we, we, we take care of them in a sense. We listen, we listen with our hearts um, and we, we listen with compassion. And so when that compassionate ear is there and we say, how are you doing today? Which is just such a, right, such a benign question. But, but the emotion comes through and hearing some of these teachers say, well, I was on the phone with so-and-so's you know, mother until two in the morning and we have to try to figure out how to get a laptop for so-and-so. So I'm trying to figure out how to do that. And we're trying, and, and it's just all of these things. And it, it, it chokes me up mm-hmm. because we are, we all do that. We worry if we're not taking action at two in the morning, we're worrying at two in the morning about, about our, our students and, and, you know, their food situation and their living situations and, you know, everything possible 
is running through our heads. So I can't speak for all teachers, of course, um, but I can say that there is some anxiety. There is some heaviness. I talk about this heaviness. I feel like I can picture like somebody trying to like an elephant sitting on your shoulders and just kind of pulling you down. Everything feels heavy right now let alone dealing with should you have family or you you are a caretaker yourself having to deal with that piece and it all kind of meshing together, especially in a remote environment, which we can talk about our lives kind of intertwine um, in good ways and and not not good ways. And um, and so that's that's overall where that was the impetus for, you, you know, this this segment was to was to kind of offer up some advice and some support and let people know that they're not alone and um, we're here for you. Yeah, I love that. And we, we really are so much better together. And especially when we're working from home, it is hard. The lines start to blur even more than when I took my home my work home from me with me um, into my house, uh, we start to see those lines blur a lot. So let's start with time management. Um, what are some time management strategies that would help a teacher better organize their time, especially thinking about that remote environment teacher? So the first thing sounds so simple, but it is not. Uh, it is, you know, setting, setting boundaries, setting a schedule. Um, now that most uh, K-12 educators are probably aware of the platforms they're using and, and the style of teaching that's going to occur throughout the day, now is the time to set some boundaries and create a schedule that's going to work for you. Um, you don't have to start every day at six in the morning. You don't have to end every day at 5 p.m. It could look totally different. There can be breaks in between. There could be times when you need to help your own family with things if you are living with them, but you need to set a schedule and post that schedule, create it, own it, write it down and, and try your hardest to live by that. If you're going to be done at 6 p.m. because that's time for your family dinner, then, then be done at 6 p.m. and walk away. And that's so hard. It is so hard, but I promise you, if you do it a couple times, you're gonna begin to see that the world will not crumble if you are not attached to your phone and your email at 6 p at 6.01 p.m. So that, you know, the strongest piece, there's lots of little pieces I wanna talk about in between there, but that would be the most important piece having to do with time management. Yeah, I think that's that's extremely valuable and it's, it's hard. Um, we tend to be overworkers and and workaholics as teachers because we, we are careaholics it's very cheesy but um we we do we care so much there are more things to be done in a day than we can do and that's just in our classroom not including our family life and everything else that we do and it's funny that you uh mentioned those those tips i have the schedule written down for my now three at home learners which is craziness with a kindergartner third grader and a fifth grader trying to align all of their times but then i also have my google calendar but mine's not up big on a wall like theirs is in the learning room and mine is just on my phone um, and even last night it was about six o'clock and I was put some stuff in the oven and I was like oh I've got 30 minutes I can hop back on email or I can sit down with my girls and play with some play-doh and enjoy some FaceTime like real FaceTime with them um, and it was 
really hard. It should not be hard for me as a mom to, to decide to not go back to my computer because if I could just get, I think my thought is if I can get one more thing done, send that one more email, then I can enjoy a little bit more time tomorrow. I can always do that tomorrow. And so um, I love the idea of sticking to it and, and that, that um, tip that you can, if you just do it a few times, it becomes easier and easier. And again, you see that the world does not know the world did not crumble yesterday when I sat down and did Play-Doh with my kindergartner and my, my third grader. Exactly. And you know, too, when we miss these moments, which we are, we're, we're going to do, we are going to miss some moments, but if we keep procrastinating or putting them off and saying, I'll do that tomorrow, I'll do that tomorrow. You're just going to add more on your plate. Your things to do list will get longer because you're going to think that you have this time, you know, live. We talk about being mindful too, which is, I, I'm jumping the gun a little bit, but you know, we talk about being mindful, living in the moment, being present, listening to what your mind and what your body needs. And we do need to stop and enjoy our lives a little bit. We do, we do really need to, whatever that looks like for you, it might be family time, it might be going for a walk, it might be, I have a cricket, so sometimes I like to cricket some things, you know, down in our basement, but you have to, you have to make time. It's not going to make it for you, you have to make time, by, and by creating this type of boundary that you have and really trying to stick with it, I really think it's going to make a difference. Yeah. yeah. I, I absolutely love that idea. And, you know, I was I was thinking as you were talking of a, one of my favorite books that I read that really helped me do a little bit more of this. And it's it's called Present Over Perfect. I forget the author. I don't know if you have you read that book, Kelly? No, but I've definitely heard of it. Yeah, it's a, it's a really good book. Um, I definitely recommend it if you're struggling with that and you, you've you got some time for some reading or an audio book. I like to listen to it. I love when books are written or done the audio by the author, um, but it's a really good book. And it's just got some great reminders in there about being a parent or a caregiver to others, whether your caregiving is part of your job or it's in addition to your job, you're also doing that for others at home. So that's one of my recommended books for sure. So you talked a little bit about self-care and you just mentioned a little bit of about mindfulness. Can you explain a little bit about um, what self-care can look like for an educator? What are some things that we can do in the midst of everything that's on our shoulders right now? What are some ways we can find some moments for that and um, some strategies to do that? Well, again, self-care and time management really do go hand in hand. Um, it, you know, one of the biggest things in terms of self-care is again, setting boundaries. Um, when you create this awesome schedule that you're going to create, you really need to leave 10 to 20 minutes at least one time a day. And I know as some people go, oh my gosh, I have 20 minutes, no problem. But I think when you're in education, you go, oh, I don't know if I can do that yeah. <laughs> because there's so much to do. But again, we need to practice this kind of self-care where we need to take a moment. I have a funny story that pre-COVID, somebody said to me, and, and being in education for 18 years, what do you like to do for fun? And I, I, I really didn't have an answer other than well, I like to go out to eat. And I'm thinking, <laughs> Kelly, like you have to eat. <laughs> like this is not like a fun thing to do. <laughs> I mean, it is, but uh, but I I I really that simple in passing question 
rattled me a little bit mm -hmm. because I watched somebody like my husband who has a wonderful career, but also has these great hobbies and, and does them. And I catch myself on weekends going, oh, I have some extra time to grade some papers or I have, you know, and, and again, living in the moment, taking and embracing everything around you, having gratitude. I really have to think about doing more things that, that bring me pleasure. And it could be as simple as in that 10 to 20 minutes a day, it could be as simple as grabbing your favorite magazine and stepping outside and reading it. Mm -hmm. um, going for a walk around the block, taking your dog. Um, it doesn't have to be some moment where we have to prepare things and we have all this stuff. It, it can just be a moment. What I ended up doing, I'll be honest, after that question, I subscribed to my favorite magazine. And every day, Monday through Friday, I, in the, when the weather's good, I step outside in my backyard in my most comfortable chair and I take 20 minutes to read the magazine that comes every week. I read it and I read just a little piece of it, just a little article of it and make sure I try to get my son. But that has made a world of difference. No one's allowed to talk to me. <laughs> I, I joke with my, my family, unless the house is on fire, please don't come out. I, I just need a moment, but it revitalizes me. I don't do it at night at the end of the day. I actually do it in the middle of the day, but that's my choice. You don't have to do that. Um, but something as simple as that, exercising, we have a Peloton going on for just a 20 minute, 15, 20 minute bike ride versus the 45 minute an hour. You don't have to do all that all the time, but it revitalizes you and it reminds you of, of the importance and how valuable this time is. Yeah, I think that's that's powerful. And and for me, it's it's my morning routine. It's the if I don't wake up and it means I have to wake up really early so I can get that quiet time before my kids are up. And if my kids are early risers and if one of them wakes up early, I usually work out. I do my I do some streaming workouts on my computer. And like this morning, for example, or on my TV this morning, for example, I was exhausted. I'd stayed up way too late last night working. And uh, one of my kids got up a little early and I was like, look, I just, I don't work out with an audience. I'm going to need you to like go upstairs and watch a TV over there while I pump some iron. And I got maybe 10 minutes into it, made myself do an extra five minutes. So I got 15 minutes. It was not the whole 30 minute workout, but I had other things. I woke up a little bit late and I just needed to get to, but if I wouldn't have done that this morning, I, I just don't think I would have been able to be as productive today. So, and I love that you take that time in the middle of your day. There's definitely some times where days where I really need to feel like I need to schedule that where I can just kind of breathe and take a step away from the computer screen and away from other things and just focus on something. And I, so that, I think that's a really great tip, just to, especially when we can step outside. These don't have to be big, long moments. I think that's definitely the the key here. Um, and then I love gratitude. Uh, what's some, what are some ways you have for folks to um, practice gratitude? Um, I, I actually started practicing gratitude a couple months ago, and um, I was given a gratitude journal, which you think is something really special, but it actually just says gratitude on the front, and it's a bunch of lined pages. So don't <laughs> don't think you have to go buy anything special. I was like, oh, what's this? And I open it, it's just a right. bunch of lines, but it's fine. It says gratitude on the front. But I committed um, when this COVID situation started, and I was feeling a lot of anxiety about 
everything, everything, humans, the world, you know, what was happening, what we were watching on the news, what, what we were seeing in video, it overwhelmed me. And so to, to calm that noise, I wanted to remind myself that there are things to be grateful for every day. So every night, uh, every night, I take about five to 10 minutes to fill up a gratitude journal. Um, it doesn't have to be anything crazy. Even just thinking gratitude before you go to bed, I have found has let me sleep a little sounder. Um, and I also share this with my daughter. My daughter and I, after reading time, we stop and, and show gratitude and think about all of the things that we are thankful for, that we are grateful for every day. And we at least come up with four to five and we kind of go back and forth in talking about that because I don't want her to feel that heaviness that um, many of us are feeling. Another way that you can, especially as a teacher, um, another way that you can um, feel gratitude, embrace gratitude, I always try to end my communication and that could be email, that could be phone call, whatever mode you're using, I always end the day with a positive communication. And I have done that, that's not new. I decided to do that about a decade ago because I was finding that I was just ending so I would have to call about a behavior or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I really, it made such a powerful impact to end the day calling a parent, for example, to say, hey, you, you know, Johnny had a really great day today and I'm really excited to see what he's going to offer us tomorrow. And for some parents, it stops them like, what? What? This is what? And and they have that moment and and some have broken down in tears, some have um, just been grateful. But I walk away from that day, even if the day was so challenging for whatever reason, personal or professional, when you end on that note, it, there's a calmness about you and, and, uh, and gratitude for the profession that you're in and that you are making a difference. I love that. And, you know, I've seen that. I've seen some of my children's teachers really starting to express that a lot of, um, you know, I'd love, I'd love for feedback as we do this online thing. And I'm just new as it as well. But so many positive notes from that first, the first few days of school that I've gotten from them, that's just been, it, it's coming for me as a parent, like, okay, I may not have felt like today was extremely successful. I had a hard time managing all of our schedules. But this teacher says that did a great job today. And, you know, it was enough. And sometimes we just need that to be enough. And that can be something we are grateful for as well. So, well, Kelly, it's been so amazing having you on. I, I'm so glad that you picked this topic. Um, I think it really is something that all of us as educators, whether we're supporting others or we are on the front lines in those classrooms with our students, these are good, good reminders for us, especially at this back to school period when it really isn't, there isn't enough time in the day. It feels like good reminders for us just to pause, think a little bit about the structure of our day, maybe commit to that, commit some to some ways that we can make times for ourselves because it really does help us be more productive in the future. Like Anita Archer says for instruction, you've got to slow, go as fast as you can, but as slow as you need to. So love that. Any last, you know, tips or statements or resources you want to share with um, our group today before we round out? 
Um, you know, if you if you look at our tips and tricks at the end, I have created kind of a nice little layout of explaining some of the things we talked about, plus some additional pieces about um, planners and the importance of choosing a planner that's right for you, talking a little bit more of mindfulness. Um, but overall, please just set those boundaries for yourself and really exercise self-care from the start, even if it's just a little bit of time, a little bit every day is better than none. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, and you can download the notes and takeaways from Kelly today um, at learn.sydney.com. The very first thing you see on our site is the coach replay notes and takeaways. So download today's takeaway for um, this episode, episode three, season two. Um, don't forget that you can, if you're ever on the road and want to tune into the show, you can listen to us via podcast. And of course, always watch our shows on demand on YouTube or here on our channel. So like and follow us, get further notifications when we go live. Kelly, we're going to have you back again soon. I just know it. I'm super excited. Um, and everyone tune in next week for another episode of the Sydney Coach Replay Show.